0: Welcome to episode 306 of Geek Town Radio. I am back this week with... How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you, Dave? I'm very, very well. So uh, it's been a few weeks since you've been on. What have you been watching? Yeah, it has been a few weeks, but I have been making effort to watch a few more films.
1: Good. And so along with that, I decided to check out How I Became a Superhero, yes. which is a French language film mm-hmm. um, that came out on Netflix this year. Yeah. It stars Pio Marmai, uh, Vimela Pond, Spanoir Pulverd, and Leila Bechti which right. is probably horrible pronunciations. We'll <laughs> a cop and his new partner try to get to the bottom of a new street drug that allows normal citizens to use superpowers. So right. in this France, people with superpowers are the norm. So there's some born with and some born without. Yeah. And we sort of start in this detective life. He seems a bit of a screw up. He talks to his chief and he sort of like alludes to he used to be good, but now he's sort of washed up. And then we're quickly introduced to his new female partner. No? Mm-hmm. And as we go, they just sort of start following this new drug, which is mostly around kids, that you take it, this weird liquid that you can break, and it turns into a vapour, they sniff it, and boom, superpowers, which Mind they it. all can mysteriously, instantly use. It's just them trying to get to the bottom of it. It was an interesting little run. has a few twists here and there, and it was definitely entertaining pretty much all the way through. Good. It was a fun
0: evening. Wasn't there a, a, a Jamie Foxx film called Project Power, which was kind of the similar, the premise of a pill that could turn you into a superhero? Somewhat
1: similar, but in that world there wasn't any superheroes beforehand. Right. That one's much more of a revenge for And this one, it sort of treads the line between being serious with a few jokes are reasonably light people do get killed but it doesn't happen within the story like for instance they show up oh look here this is where someone got killed using the power or something we don't see people dying within the story that much except for like one sort of big action scene right so it's a different, very different tone to what that was yeah definitely worth a watch and I wasn't sure why I expected, but I saw it pop up in my coming soon on Netflix and I just clicked on it to say, oh, I'll say that and see what it's like when it comes out.
0: Awesome. Not seen that one, but I might have to go and uh, look that up. There's so many things to watch at the moment. So. <laughs> yeah. The next thing is another Netflix film, and that
1: is... Blood Red Sky which came out last week I believe mm-hmm. and that stars Perry Barmeister Carl Anton Koch and Alexander Scheer Right A woman with a mysterious illness is forced into action when a group of terrorists attempt to hijack a transatlantic overnight flight Okay A horror It's not giving it away because it's in the trailer the secret is that she's turning into a vampire Oh
0: okay And
1: that's in the trailer so I'll give it away It's very busy so the main thing is about the. Overnight Flight, for obvious reasons. She's on the flight with her son because she's going from Europe to America and they have a treatment there that can get rid of the infected blood that is slowly turning her into a vampire. Right. Then we get flashbacks Of how she got bitten And what immediately Happened after that And we see that It didn't just happen recently Is that it's something That she's been fighting With the help of A drug for many years Right And then we get Her story Crashing into this Very well planned Very well researched Terrorist plot To I can't even remember Exactly what it is But it's going to make The terrorists on board Including Dominic Purcell A whole load of money Right But obviously She gets involved in it There's a lot of flashbacks and flash arounds and because it starts it starts at the end where we have the emergency services talking to her son right what happened and he's comatose he's not saying a word and then we go into it and it flips around everywhere and it's just an absolute mess I, (laughs) I honestly couldn't recommend it it's trying to do too much there's like five or six stories that they're trying to tell here in the space of two hours when you could maybe get away with two or three, right? Okay. I was hoping it might have been fun and light. No, it tried to get far too serious. It Took itself way too seriously. Right. And it just doesn't work.
0: I don't recognise that many of the names, but it, I notice is yeah Dominic Purcell as you mentioned from. It seems, mentioned to be, from it seems to
1: be. It seems to be European production. Yeah, cause as you can see, there's a lot of European actors that are in the front and centre.
0: Yeah, probably Broommeisters from The Last Kingdom. Uh, it's got Graham McTavish in it as well from Preacher and Outlander and The Hobbit. Yeah,
1: he pops up as a military response.
0: Yes, yeah, some sort of colonel. So
1: once the flight is hijacked, he's right. the one that sort of gets called in to sort of decide what they're going to do. It is really a mess. You know, I would definitely push you away and say, and watch something. Yes, there's so many other things. As you mentioned on Netflix, a lot better use of your time than this, to be honest. <laughs> Fair enough. The other thing I've been watching, because obviously you haven't seen for a while, is the whole of Fear Street trilogy. Yes. Which I was very hyped for it as soon as it was announced. I had a look at the first part of it and went, yeah, this looks pretty interesting. It was also on Netflix and it went for three weeks in a row with the Fear Street trilogy, which was Fear Street 94, Fear Street 1978, and then Fear Street 1666.
0: They've been pushing this really, really hard. I haven't yeah. really watched any of it. The books are by... Um, R.L. Steen. Yeah, who's the guy that did Goosebumps, I seem to remember, which is a weird kind of mix, but yeah.
1: Yeah, he did a lot of children's and teen horror. Yeah, So this like, yeah. endless amounts. in the same way you have like, Hardy Boy books and stuff. He just pumped out a load of horror books like the 80s and 90s. Right, yeah. Logline is a circle of teenage friends accidentally encounter the ancient evil responsible for a series of brutal murders that plague their town for over 300 years. Welcome to Shady Side. <laughs> and and obviously it's Trilogy. They are connected but in different areas so there's a lot of talent on show. Just some of them because I'm not going to go for all of them. It be all day. Kiana Madeira, Olivia Scott Welch who you'll know is the lead of Panic right Sadie Sink Emily Rudd Gillian Jacobs newcomer Julia Raywald, Benjamin Flores Jr and Ashley Zuckerman are some of the people who appear through multiple iterations of the show it's a wild ride (laughs) Um, it all begins in 94 it's an interesting choice to make the modern one set as far back as 94 yeah but I think it works it holds well to the slasher aesthetic which is a part of it but the horror is so much more can't really give it away but it's definitely worth watching all three if I'd have to rate them I'd say that maybe the middle one 1978 which takes place at a summer camp is probably the weakest of the three right with 94 and 66 probably being almost equal for different reasons really quite good and it was a lot of fun and that's the sort of horror I would like to watch watching that and then seeing blood Red sky coming afterwards just makes blood Red sky look even worse <laughs> right yes unfortunately because you just seen like an amazing interesting take on a horror especially like in the early 2000s you used to get a lot of these you get disaster miniseries so it will show maybe Monday Tuesday Wednesday in a week Yeah. and it will maybe show like an earthquake and how it affects a families or you might get an interesting sci-fi thing or what happens if like aliens are made but right. you don't really get an ongoing story of a horror that's really linked you'll get sequels but these, yeah. these aren't sequels these are just continuations of the exact same story Right. And yeah, highly recommend. Lots of great acting stuff. Very interesting story. The characters, the ones that you follow, they feel interesting, well-rounded.
0: So yeah. Cool. I mean, I don't massively do horror, so I kind of not show much interest in it, but reading through what you're just talking about, the fact that it's this sort of ongoing thing and it's linked in some way, actually sounds quite interesting. So I may take a look at that. Yeah, I would say they're linked in a very big way, sir. That's intriguing. I I might have a look at that. That sounds interesting.
1: And the one last thing is Escape Room, which is available on Prime Video. Yes, I've been wanting to watch it since I saw the trailer. It's a 2019-18 release. It stars Taylor Russell. From Lost in Space Yeah Um, Logan Miller Jay Ellis Tyler Labine And Deborah Wall From True Blood fame Yeah logline is Six strangers find themselves In a maze of deadly mystery rooms And must use their wits to survive
0: See, I saw that logline I was thinking Isn't that kind of Saw?
1: It is very similar to Saw But there is a way out Whereas Saw has a way out But generally That's going to cause you To bleed out Within 20 minutes after you escape, so right, it's yeah, not yeah. quite the same thing. Yeah, It's a lot of fun, so follow two of them, and we find out that there's a guy who's who seems to be just not doing much in a small town. He asks his boss to like, work at the front on checkout, and his boss says, no, we couldn't do that. And then we see the girl who's at university, and she's just ridiculously shy, but incredibly smart. So like when the professor asks a question, she wants to put her hand up, but she can't. Mm-hmm. And we see them all get these invitations to this escape room. And apparently this escape room is managed by this company who are the world leaders. So they're the apple of escape rooms, I guess. <laughs> right. Yeah. So they go there and it starts off intense and it just gets more so as people start dying. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. I kept on seeing it sort of like available through Amazon. We had to pay for it, and I'm quite cheap, so I didn't do it. But it's recently become free on Amazon Prime, so you could just type it in and boom and click it and go. And quite recently, the sequel came out this year, which is Escape Room Tournament of Champions. Ah, okay. And there's a quite interesting sort of storyline as part of it, but I can't really tell you because it would been given away too much.
0: Right, okay, fair enough. It's a, quite a good cast. I like Tyler Labine a lot. Taylor Russell's really great in um, Lost in Space and Deborah Ann Wall's fantastic. So good cast, I think, in there. That might be another one worth, worth a look. It sounds like it's quite a fun film. Yep. For me, I've not really been doing films. I've mainly been sticking to TV shows. So I finished Manifest, uh-huh. um, the third season. I have got to the Did end of that. I really enjoyed what that third season.
1: What a wild ride we were taking
0: on. Yeah, I really enjoyed that third season. I thought they did a wonderful job with it. Well, I, th- I think it might be feeding on a high after season two, which was a little rough. Yeah, possibly. Certainly season three, I like the fact that they seem to have figured out a little bit more about how and why they came back and there's more of that in there and bringing yeah. in the mm-hmm. sort of religion aspect to it without being really heavy handed about it. I thought they handled that really, really well. It does end on a cliffhanger and... Uh, well, yeah, that's a hell of a Yeah, it's a hell of a cliffh- cliffhanger that it ends on and I mean which is unfortunate because at the moment it is still cancelled although we'll come to that yes. later but yes we'll see whether they do manage to pull something out in a full season whether that does turn up but we will talk a bit more about that in detail but I mean the third season I certainly think is well worth watching I think regardless of what happens about whether it gets a full season or not I rather suspect they will find some way of rounding off the story because the the guy behind the show seems absolutely determined that something is going to happen with it. So I would still say watch the third season. It's it's all on uh, now TV and it's on Sky On Demand and it's going out weekly as well. But I really, really enjoyed that third season. I thought it was very, very good. That's one of the things I've been watching. I also went through the... Well, what I'm assuming are only the first five episodes of Masters of the Universe Revelation, because... Oh, they're doing 2 much, are they? Uh, okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm guessing so, because because it seems to end on a really big cliffhanger. It's a really interesting series because, note the title, it is called Masters of the Universe Revelation, not He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. There is a reason for that, but I won't give anything away exactly why that is. It opens up like a good old-fashioned episode of He-Man, except with everything turned up to 11. There's more battles, there is more action, and uh, it's a really, really fun sort of, opening episode skeletor is trying to attack castle greyskull it's just fun and it's like they've basically taken the original idea of the cartoon and sort of updated it modernized it a little bit and done a really nice amped up version of it then it gets to the last sort of five minutes of that episode and it takes this sharp right turn into something else entirely which is sets it up for the next four episodes of it. And I don't want to give that away, but it's really interesting what they did with that. I've been seeing a few stories around about how this is somewhat split He-Man Masters of the Universe fans because it messes around with the mythology and all that sort of stuff. I mean, I enjoyed the show. I was never that massively into it, but, you know, I remember the original series. I watched it as a kid and I think it's interesting what they've done. with this it's sort of interesting and different definitely aimed at the older audience although it is still appropriate for a pg audience there's nothing sweary or overly violent in there or it is still appropriate for a child audience but the structure of the story is definitely aimed at an older audience as well it's aimed at the people that watched it in the 80s so kevin smith's come up with a really interesting story for that but it does end on a bit of a cliffhanger so I'm wondering whether they ordered 10 and maybe this is half of it, or maybe they did only order five and maybe it will or won't get a second season. I don't know. It's very interesting. The animation's kind of what you'd expect from this sort of animation. It's not incredibly smooth or anything. It's very much sort of the type of animation you would expect in this sort of instance, but perfectly serviceable and works really well. The voice acting is brilliant. I mean, there's a ridiculous amount. of. I mean, it's Sarah Michelle Gellar, Lena Healy, Liam Kevin Conroy is in there, Harry Rollins, Jay Muse is in there, of course, because it's Kevin Smith thing. Phil Lamar, Harlequin Smith is also in there, Dennis Haber, Alicia Silverstone, Chris Wood, Mark Hamill, of course, is in there as well, voicing Skeletor himself. So it's got a great, great cast and uh, it's worth watching and as I say, if you're really, really into the Masters of the Universe stuff, you may get a bit annoyed with what they do with it, but I thought it was really interesting and different and I like how they set things up and there are other He-Man things coming out as well which I think will be more in the traditional vein but I thought as a a sort of offshoot thing, I thought this was quite interesting That was one of the other things I watched. The other thing I started was War of the Worlds Season 2 which has come back and is now on uh, Star on Disney Plus which is the show that was originally going out on Fox but of course we don't have a Fox channel anymore so it's now on Star Enjoying the second season kind of almost immediately carries on where we left things at the end of season one you get the reveal in this which was sort of the reveal at the end of the first season that the aliens appear to be human and this sort of picks up a couple of months after they have made this discovery and they're working on a way of killing them with a virus which seems like a quite a reasonable way to try and wipe the mm-hmm. aliens out the dog creatures are technology which the aliens use because that's really what we saw. At the, you know, the aliens never really cropped up very much in the first season. We're now seeing more of the aliens, but they are also human. And I do wonder whether that was a budgetary thing, you know, because it's an easy way of I'll saving agree. money. But it does make it kind of interesting as well because they can easily hide amongst people and and that sort of stuff. But it, again, it's it's well written. There's a couple of episodes gone out already on Star and Disney Plus, so we'll get more into that. You know. One Once the whole season has gone out, but uh, I'm enjoying it so far. I think it's a good continuation from the first season. So that's all the stuff we've been doing this week. Let's move on to some TV and film news. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary
1: women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
0: TV and film news this week, we start off with the renewals, cancellations and pickups. There actually aren't any cancellations this week. However, we have got back to a point where we can talk about the amount of shows that are getting shut down by COVID tests. So, American Horror Story, Westworld, Gangs of London, House of the Dragon, Bridgerton, the Netflix adaptation of Tim Minchin's Matilda musical have all had to pause production for sort of 5-10 days because a crew member has tested positive for COVID, apparently. They are still up and running. They are still being made, but the production's being delayed slightly because of COVID tests. I know we're seeing COVID cases drop over here, but they're still shooting up in Los Angeles. So uh, they are struggling a little bit with um, virus control over there. Um, they are getting people vaccinated, but not quite to the level that they need to. So hopefully we will see less of this disruption as things get more under control. But uh, yeah, those shows have been uh, struggling a little bit. Moving on to the renewals. The Good Fight has been renewed for a sixth season on Paramount Plus in the US. So uh, that, I think we're still waiting for the... Fifth season over here on um, More 4, but uh, they've renewed it for a sixth season on uh, Paramount+. Plus. So that is good news for fans of the good fight. Clarkson's Farm has been renewed for a second season finally as well, after a lot of backlash over the fact that Clarkson originally said that it wasn't being renewed, and Amazon seemed to have relented and renewed it. It seemed a bit weird that they weren't going to renew it in the first place, given that they have an overall deal with Jeremy Clarkson, I think. So it did seem a bit strange that that they weren't gonna renew it. And it had got very positive feedback. So I think I've said before, I, I really enjoyed the show. I'm not the biggest Jeremy Clarkson fan necessarily, but he is quite entertaining to watch. And I think it's a really interesting, well put together series, which also displays quite a lot of the sort of troubles and tribulations of dealing with farming, particularly in the middle of a pandemic, as well. I really enjoyed the first season of that, so I'm glad they're making a second season of that show. And there is a show called That Damn Michael Che, which is renewed for a second season at HBO Max. It's a sketch comedy series, which hasn't got a UK broadcast yet, but that's been renewed. So Manifest is the other thing that we've come to, which, as I mentioned earlier, third season is now finished and done. Was the final season after NBC cancelled it after three seasons. However, just to give you a bit of a timeline, two weeks before the cancellation, Netflix struck a deal with WBTV to stream the first two seasons in a second run window in the US say. Despite the cancellation, it then sat in the top 10 for a month, and is still kicking around even now, and topped the Nielsen streaming ratings for its first week of release, and has been high up there the last few weeks as well. WB obviously took that as an opportunity to talk to Netflix about potentially saving the show, but they couldn't find a deal that would work and they'd cover it financially, even though the show continues to hold the number one spot in the Nielsen ratings. Netflix at that time opted not to move forward. Then a few things happened at NBC. NBC decided not to order Law & Order for The Defence, which was a Law & Order off. They are already ordering another one, but they decided not to order that for this season, which freed cool. up a bit of space. In it, the an order, was it? it
1: was was it? was a cancellation before it started because they had casting notices going out for it. Yeah, so it yeah, was so, already ordered.
0: Yeah, it was already ordered. It was a cancellation, actually. You're quite right. It was a cancellation after it had been ordered. But they are making another Law & Order series. They just have haven't decided exactly what it's going to be, but they have said, we're not making that, but we're going to make another one. But what that did was, Lauren Order for of the Defence was supposed to go out in the autumn, and now won't. So that freed up some space to move things around in the schedule. They also cancelled Good Girls as well, which freed up some money. So they've been looking at the fans with the Save Manifest campaign, and the fact that it's getting good numbers on Netflix, and have gone back to WBTV, who make the show, and said, actually, maybe there is something that we could do with it. At the same time, Netflix have now been looking at the numbers and seeing it's still up there really, really high, and have also gone back to WBTV and said, Could we come to some sort of deal? So you've now got Netflix and NBC both talking to WBTV about possibly making a deal for a fourth season. There are a couple of issues with this. And, is you know, matters. one of them is you could go into a co production deal. So NBC get the US rights and Netflix get the international rights. The problem with that is the international rights have already been sold in certain places and depending what those contracts are, because sometimes, although the full season won't necessarily have been sold yet, sometimes you have to give first refusal to the person that had the previous seasons that's written into any contract. So if that is the case with somebody like Sky who air it in the UK, that causes a problem for Netflix in terms of the international broadcast. And it's the same situation in a number of other places is WBTV obviously sold it to various different countries directly and so anything could happen there. So that may be an issue. If Netflix picked it up entirely themselves, that would be less of an issue because it just becomes a Netflix show. If NBC picked it up entirely themselves, then things go on as normal. The second issue is all the cast have been released for their contracts, which may be a problem, maybe not. Basically means that they can go off and find other jobs, but a lot of them have been involved in... the Safe Manifest campaign. So there seems to be a will for them to come back. But obviously, if they've already got another regular gig on another show, even if they wanted to do another season of Manifest, Manifest would have to honour and work around whatever their new contracts are. So that's sticky as well. So we don't Mm -hmm. know.
1: I don't think that Netflix can go ahead with it because I don't think they'd be willing to throw the sort of money that Manifests have been chugging up before. Mm -hmm. Um, It films in New York, which is a big problem. Uh, Yeah. So... I don't think Netflix would be particularly interested in doing that. Mm-hmm. So if Netflix were to take it, they would probably immediately move it to Vancouver, something. Yeah. So that and that then would throw up all things for the actors mm-hmm. because not all of them are going to decide to move. So I think the only way this all works is if NBC go in and give it another season. Which I, I just find it hard to believe that they'd be willing to do it.
0: Yeah, I mean NBC have done it before, or at least given. I mean. With Timeless, they gave it a, a movie. Gave, yeah, that exactly. They gave it two hours. They gave it a two-hour movie. Season. That's not a season. Yeah, which is not that, a season, And it no. wasn't great. No, I mean, whether you could do something like that for Manifest, I think, um, that, is, I think that is more likely something that they've managed to land for Manifest if it was NBC that was stumping up the money on their own. As you say with Netflix, like you say, it films in New York. I don't understand why it films in New York, because that seems ridiculously expensive and unnecessary because it's not like they're using New York particularly. The obvious thing to do would be to move it to somewhere like Vancouver and then you do, like you say, have the issue with the actors. But in terms of cost-wise, that seems like a ridiculously expensive place to shoot it. I mean, there is that. Maybe there are ways of getting the production budget down. Maybe there is some sort of co-production deal where Netflix throw in some money for some of the international rights and get second-run rights in the US or second-run rights internationally to places that haven't already been sold it or maybe they they just get given it like what happened with Lucifer. I mean, Lucifer had the same issue in that Amazon had it over here and when Netflix took it over as a show, they didn't get the first couple of seasons. They were still on Amazon, but they got the rest of it after that. So yes, it's possible, but there is a monetary issue there and it's whether they could reduce the financing in some way. So we'll see. I mean, it's good they're talking again for fans of the show. That is a good sign. It's in no way a guaranteed deal. Absolutely. I
1: would definitely personally know. It's a very strange way. This isn't the first time that NBC has done this, let's wait and let's wait and let's wait. And they, like, traditionally, I can remember many instances of them going past the upfront, which traditionally, if you're cancelling something, it's dead before upfront yeah. because otherwise it's a distraction, but they seem to like to do this. Mm. I don't know why they think that approach works
0: for them. Yeah, They had four shows, which they cancelled after Upfronts this year. And if they were going to save one of them, I mean, much as I enjoy Manifest, Zoe's is obviously the one that I would like to see come back. But I
1: probably were Good Girls. That seemed to be the thing that...
0: That was the thing. Good Girls was very, very, very close to getting renewed. And then there seems to have been some issues with the cast contracts and stuff. And yes,
1: I have read about that. That would seem the one to sort of... I, know, I guess when I think about wide appeal and maybe like international deals, I think probably about Good Girls before zoe's yeah maybe because, especially with the star power
0: yeah possibly so at the moment we don't know we know they're talking again we don't know whether it'll go anywhere It's i said, possibly another long shot but the fact that they're talking again is quite a good sign so mm-hmm. hopefully something comes out of it even if it is just a two-hour movie to be able to kind of wrap up some of the story and deal with that i know it's not that wouldn't be a great way to end it but at least they get to tell something from it so we'll see that's the situation with manifest anyway over on pickups it was of course comic con at home this week and we had a number of announcements in terms of air dates walking dead season 11a we already knew that was premiering on the 23rd of august so that will be coming on star on disney plus i still find it hilarious there is a zombie show like that on disney plus but um, that is coming on star on disney plus in the uk because of course after the closure of fox that's where a lot of the shows went walking Dead World Beyond now has a premiere date that's Sunday the 3rd of October on AMC in the US Amazon aired it and they have the international rights so Amazon will air it in the UK we are presuming that's going to be on the 4th of October because it was the day after for the first season so we're presuming they're doing that for the second season but we don't know that's World Beyond quite enjoyed the first season of that I maybe not entirely aimed at me because it is a bit more teen drama but enjoyable enough you know fairly reasonable And Fear the Walking Dead is returning the 17th of October on AMC. So that means that will land on AMC UK on the 18th of October. Uh, Again, they haven't actually confirmed that, but that's always what they do. So I don't see any reason they won't. If you're waiting for Fear the Walking Dead on Amazon Prime, it usually lands about 12 months after it lands on AMC. You can actually go on to Amazon Video and buy it by season and get the episodes as they're released on the 18th if you don't have access to amc uk like most of the population doesn't because the only place you can get it is if you have bt at this point I can't even get it on sky right now so um it's a terrible terrible deal that they did with bt for that Fear the Walking Dead, that's returning 17th of October in the US and 18th of October, we think, in the UK. Lucifer also got a premiere date for the sixth and final season. That's coming on Friday, the 10th of September on Netflix. We got a vague premiere date for Wheel of Time, which is the adaptation of the Robert Jordan epics fantasy novels that is going to be coming to Amazon Prime in November. I know that's a big property that they're going to be looking out for. So November 2021 for that. Outside of the Comic Con stuff, spitting image got an air date for the second season that's coming the 11th september on Brickbox, and uh, it was also announced that death in paradise the bbc one beloved crime drama light crime drama thing that is getting for the first time ever a feature-length christmas special this christmas and danny john jules he of red dwarf will be returning to the caribbean as his character on the show so he will be coming back into death in paradise for the christmas special i don't he's not staying around it's just for that one episode that's good news if you're a fan of that show and uh, then I presumably that will continue in January because that's usually when it runs. It's just Lucifer for
1: me yeah and Wheel of Time very interested to see
0: how that's going to work out
1: yes it's a scary thought because okay it's great that something has an adaption but it's not The Hobbit or Lord of the Rings this isn't three books this is like 15 books (laughs) Yeah, um, like two spin-offs and and a prequel yeah so yeah
0: Um, I think is it one of those things that where they're kind of taking a couple of the books and moving bits together and yeah I, oh yeah.
1: yeah oh yeah i think they'd be shifting it around so, it's interesting
0: because it's probably the longest
1: book series adaption i can think of it's probably in the expanse because that's probably even that's longer than game of thrones was in yeah. terms of how many books are around and how right. that works so i have a lot of hope for it it's interesting because for like someone like me who came into wheel of time really late because there's a friend of mine who's obsessed with it you read those first few books and it shows its age in terms of, sort of like the idea of the reverse sexist that sort of uses shtick which doesn't quite work right? but it's still an amazing series and it would be so fun to see it on the screen Yeah, I I'm looking forward to it
0: I don't know the books personally so I'm kind of interested just to be able to sort of watch it as a TV series and see how it comes across as a TV series I mean Netflix did um, Shadow and Bone and I didn't know those books either but I thought they did a really good job with that and they did the similar thing of sort of taking bits from various different yeah. books and mashing them together and i think that worked as a really good tv series so if they end up doing yeah. something similar with the amazon series rather than a straight adaptation to make it work as a tv show i think they could uh, that could be really quite interesting so it is definitely one i'm going to be uh, keeping an eye out for it looks very very interesting one of the other things that amazon have also ordered is a nancy boys which is a neil gaiman novel it's um weirdly conceived with lenny henry oh. which i thought was slightly odd but apparently Uh, that's the person that uh, originally kind of duo came up with it it's based on Gaiman's novel of the same name it follows Charlie Nancy a young man who's used to being embarrassed by his estranged father but when his father dies Charlie discovers that his father was an Nancy trickster god of stories he learns that he has a brother and now his brother spider is entering Charlie's life determined to make it more interesting but a lot more dangerous as well I don't know the book again it's not a spin-off to American Gods even though it is dealing with God. It's a standalone Mm -hmm. thing. It's not like a sequel or a spin-off or anything. The book was originally developed as a conversation between Gaiman and Lenny Henry. The series collaboration is going to see the pair of them working together again. So Lenny Henry is also involved in the writing of this. It's got an interesting group of people behind it. It's uh, Douglas McKinnon co-show running with Gaiman who did Good Omens with him. And he's done things like Nightfall and Line of Duty as well. It's uh, Helen M. Cole. Pepper, who's worked on Star Trek Picard and a bunch of other things as well. He's directing the pilot. You've got people that have worked on things like Grantchester and Doctor Who also directing the series as well. So, and uh, a lot of the team behind it are the team that put together Good Amends and stuff as well. I think this sounds like it's quite interesting. I don't know the books. I don't know whether this was one that you had read. I haven't read the books, but
1: Anansi itself is a big
0: part of African and Caribbean
1: culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to, we used to study menace books like in private school so that's right. like think for like the brothers grim tales oh okay so they're moralistic tales mostly it's an interesting idea amazon really really going book crazy at the moment yeah even more even more so than netflix with all of its book adaptions amazon are really going for it that seems to be working for them
0: well yeah i mean they've got a second season of good omens coming which i'm very interested in i think and also came out of nowhere yeah and completely came out of nowhere and he's going beyond the original books which i I know has upset some people but they said last week because of the people involved with it because it's john finnamore who's writing that with neil gaiman and i adore john finnamore so and if there's anybody that could deal with something as weird as good omens i think it's him i think that's a really good setup i'm intrigued by this i think it's sort of interesting adapting another one of these books and uh, gaiman actually said it began around 1996 from a conversation he had with lenny henry about writing a story that was diverse and part of the culture that they both loved so interesting that uh, that's what they're coming with, but uh, that'll be another one to look out for. Don't know whether it's going to be an ongoing series or whether it's going to be a one-off or, you know, whatever, but we'll see. That is coming to Amazon Prime at some point either next year or the year after, so keep an eye out for that. Over on the DC comic book side of things, Victoria Cartagena has been cast as Rene Montoya on the Arrowverse Batwoman series. Now, this is kind of an interesting piece. Of casting, so uh, it is. It's really, yeah, Renee Montoya, or this version of Renee Montoya, is going to be a former GCPD officer who left the force because she could no longer stomach the corruption inside the department. She now runs the Freaks Division, which hasn't seen of a lot of action until now. Righteous and pragmatic, and LGBTQ, she's a woman with a very personal and mysterious mission to help clean up the streets of Gotham in the right way by whatever means necessary. Now, if you know the name Victoria. Cartagena she has played Rini Montoya before because she played the character on Gotham this is an entirely different version of the character the two universes are not like directly connected in any way although I mean the Crisis on Infinite Earths event means that we do know that all the DC TV stuff is sort of in the same multiverse but they're not necessarily you know you've got different people playing different characters on different networks and that sort of stuff but they are sort of saying they are in one multiverse but it's quite interesting that it's an entirely different version of a character that she's played on a different TV show and she's like ended up getting cast as the same character on this TV show. There's not many actors that would usually do that, I don't think, you know, they'd be like, I'd done that and like not wanted to go back to it. So it's interesting that she's decided to pick this up. Rini Montoya, for those of you that don't know her in the comic books, she also has an alter ego in the comic book as the question. Whether that gets introduced in the series I mean I'm sure it will come in at some point because you know they tend to bring everybody in at some point she also had a relationship with Kate Kane in the comic books as well so we'll see what else comes out of it but uh, yeah I'm interested to see this given that she's played the character before yeah there's a lot of interesting characters
1: coming to Matt Woman season 3 and it's finally going to really start zeroing in on Ryan and her past it looks like that she'll be discovering who her birth parents are oh,
0: well that will interesting setup. I believe they losing De Grace Scott at yeah. some point as well. Yeah, I know there's been things of Luke taking on his um, hero persona as well, so uh, I oh. know we've got that coming up. Have you been watching Batwoman this season? I don't know what have you thought of the Ryan and the, the new setup. I, I think they've been doing a reasonable job with it. I like
1: Ryan fine. I think the first few episodes of like delving into her and what makes her the way she is I thought that was interesting so I'm looking forward to a season where it's just about Ryan really so yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, I, hopeful for, I'm hopeful for the
0: future yeah I think they've did a reasonably good job with sort of navigating that changeover so far so uh, we'll see where it goes but uh, I think Rini Montoya is an interesting character to bring in and to to bring in an actress that's already played her is a very interesting move moving over onto another Arrowverse show DC's Legends of Tomorrow is pretty much the only DC show to actually have its own panel at Comic Con at home this week I think that sort of
1: makes sense given that for like Superman and Lois how weird their schedule is Yeah. so they've, probably, they've literally just finished filming Supergirl is still filming and obviously won't be coming back or there might be a nice film to have a farewell tour but they're probably just still filming so they couldn't get away
0: yeah plus um, you've got DC Fandom coming again in yeah. I think it's October they're doing it yeah this that'd show.
1: be a much better time for like Superman and Lois to talk about whatever they're going to be doing season
0: two. Yeah, plus you've got all the HBO Max shows coming as well, so there'll be more reveals for that. I think because they're doing their own online thing, I think they held a lot of stuff back because I don't think Marvel with it were doing anything at Comic-Con at home either. So there's other stuff going on, you know, and other conventions and things, so I'm sure we'll get news throughout the year. But uh, yeah, it was a little light on the DC and Marvel things. But Legends Tomorrow did have a, a panel because they're sort of halfway through their season right now. They did reveal a few things we're not going to talk about stuff that's happened on the episodes that have gone out in America, so I don't want to spoil anything. They did talk a bit about some character changes coming up, which mm-hmm. will either happen at the end of this season or the start of next season, so if you don't want to know anything, then skip past this but it's not giving away direct plot points or anything for what's going on on the episodes that are going out in sky right now The first big reveal was that John Constantine will be leaving the wave Rider. However, Matt Ryan isn't. So what they've said is that uh, John Constantine's arc on the show is coming to an end in season six, but Matt Ryan's journey with the Legends is not over. He's going to take up a new character called Dr. Gwen Davis, an eccentric scientist from the early 20th century who might be the teen's only hope for next season. So they're doing another one of these character switches where they have a new character come in but play by the same actor which they've done at least once or twice in fact, twice before I think haven't they yes. on that show so I kind of like the fact that they do that you know they keep actors around and just switch the characters over I think that's been kind of interesting thing to be able to do with this Matt Ryan continued by saying as everybody knows and loves him in the end John Constantine will walk his path alone this time has come for John to part ways with the legends and for me to part ways with John I'm excited to be creating a new role on the show and having some fun with it discovering how this new character fits in and causes some trouble for the legends. That's what uh, Matt Ryan had to say about it. I like Matt Ryan. I'm glad he's staying around. So that's good. And I think part of the reason they may be taking Constantine out of here is because I think they're probably going to end up using Constantine on one of the HBO Max shows with a different actor playing. there's
1: a new Constantine project coming. I think that's pretty much why he's being retired.
0: Yeah. Isn't it just this dark thing, isn't it? I think they're doing over there. So that's, I think, probably why they're retiring the character on here. The other reveal in terms of the casting was Amy Louise Pemberton is joining the crew as a series regular. You might not know Amy's name, but you've heard her voice because she plays Gideon or voices Gideon and has done for the entire six seasons of the run. So she voices the Wave Riders AI. At some point, they're going to put Gideon into an actual flesh and blood body and she's going to join the crew as a series regular out in the real. World world we have actually seen her on screen before on a couple of occasions where Gideon's actually had a body Mm. but they're now going to do that permanently and uh, Gideon will be actually a character on board the wave rider which is going to be an interesting little change I think and it's nice that she's actually getting to be on screen I'm, I'm sure she was jumping up and down when they said she was doing that that's really cool I'm shocked that I can remember that one instance
1: was RIP hallucinating for an extended period, and that's the first time you see Gideon with a body Yes. And then I think, and then you see it again when the reverse flashes there. Right. Um, and he starts messing with the Spear of Destiny. And I uh, think he turns up again. Mm. I'm just a little bit shocked that I can remember that. Matt Ryan thing. Yeah. I'm glad he sticks around. Although, as you know, I'm not particularly a fan of the show, but I do think he brings a lot to that show. So it's good he gets to stay and keep on doing his thing.
0: Yeah. And I think because of the fact that Legends is, is a sort of much sillier show than Pretty much everything else of the Arrowverse and Constantine can be a slightly more dark and serious mm-hmm. character in most of the ways that they may want to use him in the wider DC yeah, the universe original, the original
1: Constantine show that featured Matt was pretty much a horror yeah just, it, was a supernatural horror.
0: it was very much so and I mean the comic books have a humour in it but it's just sort of quite a dark humour in it so I kind of think that you know they maybe want to put a little distance between this and then reintroducing a new Constantine on the HBO Max Justice League Dark series. I think that is probably why that this has come around. And, uh, you know, the version of Constantine that we're getting here has kind of got involved in this kind of silliness of Legends of Tomorrow, which is fine. I love Matt and he's great, but I can see the reasoning for them to maybe want to step away from it and do something else. I think that's good that they found a way to keep Matt around. And uh, I'm very happy for Ab that she's actually going to get to be on Screen as well, the one other bit of news that came out of this was um, they're releasing a mixtape, as sort of soundtrack album, which is going to have memorable musical moments from the series. So whether it's the David Bowie-inspired Space Girl from the current season, or Brandon Ralph's Mr. Parker's Coldy Shack from season five, or any of the cast performances from Puppets of Tomorrow, or I Surrender, or Sweet Baby James, fans can find their favorite DC's Legends of Tomorrow the mixtape songs from the original television soundtrack available on Spotify iTunes, YouTube, Amazon and more when the album is released on the 20th of August so uh, if you want to go and listen to some of the music that's been featured on the show by the cast 20th of August that's going to be released basically across all streaming platforms I hadn't even thought that there was enough music on the series for them to be able to do that but apparently there is so there you go you'll be able to get a Legends of Tomorrow mixtape. So that's That's all the news we've got for this week. Just got some highlights for next week on TV. (laughs) Highlights for next week. We have Last Man Standing returning for its ninth and final season. That's coming to Star on Disney Plus on the 28th of July. That's bounced around like a million different networks. It was on like Comedy Central. It was on Five Star. It's now on Star on Disney Plus. So they are running the final season. It will be landing on their 28th of July. The Goldbergs is returning for the second half of season eight on the 29th of July in the random time slot of three o'clock in the afternoon because E4 just baffles me but uh, yes so at three o'clock in the afternoon and the 29th of July they're airing that Law and Order Organised Crime as we mentioned last week that is coming to Sky Witness on the 30th of July at 10pm that is I think it's the second half of a two-parter that will be with uh, SVU so that is the opening episode of that on the 30th of July at 10pm that's Organised Crime on Sky Witness The Outer Banks returns for a second season that's on the 30th of july as i said in the notes the netflix drama that answers the question what if you made the goonies with the cast of the cw show it is essentially this kind of fun adventure series i enjoyed the first season way way more than i think i probably should in my age bracket it's definitely not aimed at me at all but it's a wonderfully wonderfully fun series i really really enjoyed it 30th of july for the second season of the outer banks for that Grand Tour returns for Lockdown, spelled L-O-C-H, because they are going around Scotland for this special. So that's on 30th of July on Amazon Prime. That's dropping. Then the Equalizer, which is uh, Queen Latifah, takes on the title role as an enigmatic woman with a mysterious background who uses her extensive skills to help those who have nowhere else to turn. Based on the old 80s TV show and the Denzel Washington movies, that is the Equalizer coming to Sky Witness on the 3rd of August at 9pm and also Black Monday series that returns for a third season on Sky Comedy on the 3rd of August at 9pm as well that is all the stuff coming up for next week on TV in the meantime if you want to find Daryl where can they find you? You can find
1: me over at hollywoodnorthnews.net um, we have a recent podcast out and the latest article is a handy guide giving you all the reasons why you should be watching Motherland Fort Salem which is just called Fort Salem on the iPlayer and you can catch the first season on there now which I would highly recommend.
0: Yes go and check that out. I've watched a few episodes of that. It's really good and go and check out Daryl on hollywoodnorthnews.net for all his stories and stuff over there. For other people involved in the show Matt you of course can find at entertainmenttalk.org for lots and lots more podcasts putting them out pretty much daily so go find all these stuff over there Bex you can find over on twitch.tv forward slash Trista Bytes that's B-Y-T-E-S she's just been doing a charity stream this weekend raising a load of money for the Samaritans they actually smashed the target on the first day before they even officially started the stream so she kept on having to push the target up doing an amazing amazing job over there raising money for charities and just fun and entertainment go and watch her making an idiot of herself which she does brilliantly so uh, Go and find Bex on twitch.tv forward slash TristaBytes over there. For us, you can go to the website at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and see all the latest air date information. If you want to get in touch with your questions or comments, email us on podcast at podcast.geektown.co.uk. Leave a message on the website post. Find us at Geektown on Twitter, on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown, on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash geektown, and on Instagram at geektownuk. That is everything. We shall see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye.